0: Get your Bibles open, and I'm going to be fast and furious this morning. First uh, Timothy chapter 4. I'm kicking off a series that really, I hope, shares God's heart for you as we launch into this new year. That this truly would be a banner year of blessing, of growth, of intimacy with God, uh, and of all that that brings. And I want to lay the foundation tracks of that this Sunday. We'll pick it up again for the rest of this month, highlighting some various aspects of Of spiritual growth. But take a look with me, 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want to begin reading right there in verse 1. It says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married, it's wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. And since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks, for we know it is made acceptable by the word of God in prayer. Now, I'm going to cut short some of my opening comments here, just because we're short on time this morning with all that we had going on. But here's what I wanted to just highlight. How many of you know when the Bible talks about here people that will turn away from the true faith, then obviously the opposite is also true. There will be people who that embrace and live out a false faith. It's, a, it's not authentic. It's not genuine. It's not real. And it doesn't produce good fruit. And how many of you have figured out, that's so why I appreciate Dr. Brent's testimony, that the, that the real you comes out, not on the mountain peaks, but on the valleys. And what comes out of our lives it, when the crises hit or when the challenges come really demonstrates the authenticity of what we genuinely believe. It's easy to believe God when it's convenient to believe God. It's easy to slap high fives when everything's going well. How many of you want to have an authentic, true, genuine faith at the end of the day? Uh, One that passes the test. Um, You know, it says there, well, how do you know people that are living in a false kind of faith? Well, it gives you some fruit in that passage. There's people that are hypocritical. Being hypocritical just means we profess something that we don't live. Have any of you ever been there? I think we all have. How I many of you know, spiritual maturity means we're moving, we're closing that gap between what we say and how we live. That's what it just means to grow in God, close the gap, become more authentic, become more real. Uh, it says that they're liars. It says that they're uh, people whose consciences are dead. How many of you know that one of the greatest gifts of the Holy Spirit is when our minds, our hearts, our, our insides are tender to the Lord? In other words, when we hear God's word, we respond to it. When, we're, when we, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks, we're quick to obey. When the Holy Spirit convicts us of something, we don't blow it off and act like it's not important. We, we treasure those things in our heart. This is all signs of an authentic faith, all right? A genuine faith in God. And I'll just tell you, there are always people, I've been pastoring now for three decades, there are always people who try to get you off the main road. When I talk about the main road, I'm talking about, the, the overwhelmingly clear and obvious truths of God's Word. There are people that will try, I've had people arguing about dietary things with me, people telling me we, we shouldn't celebrate Christmas, people telling me we shouldn't celebrate Easter, people against Christmas trees, people against pigs, um, people against um, all kinds of things, all right? I, I've had every kind of, you know, person wants to pick a fight about, listen to me, all that stuff doesn't matter. The Lord wants us to stay focused on what matters. And usually people that are off on these little tangents are people whose faith is not genuine or whose faith will eventually not lead them to the right place. Listen, how many of you know part of having an authentic, real faith is you, you want to finish well. You want to not get shipwrecked. You don't want to go off in the ditch. You want to, I call these people, they, they love to get in the weeds of weirdness. They're up to their heads in weirdness because they've gotten off track of, from the simplicity of loving Jesus and obeying Jesus, and they get really argumentative and weird about things that don't even matter. But I've got to move on from that, all right? I, I just felt better sharing that with you. Don't argue with me about pigs, all right? I'm not going to do it. Um, in fact, I might eat one after church. I'm just telling you that. But the Bible says this. How do we keep our faith true? Look at what the next verse says. I'm reading verse 6 now. If you explain these things to your brothers and sisters, Timothy, you'll be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching that you have followed. Here it is. Look at verse 7. Don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, and listen, circle this, underline this. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly all believers. How do you stay on the track? How do you have an authentic faith? You train yourself to be godly. The Amplified Version says it this way, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now, Dr. Brent shared it well. He said, you know what? By nature, we're not good dads. By nature, we're not godly people. By nature, we're not wonderful wives or wonderful spouses or wonderful parents. How many of you know to be like God requires attention and focus and cooperation? I'm going to say that again. There's not a one of you that will haphazardly be like God. We need help to be like God. So this is where you should be elbowing your neighbor and saying he's talking to you right now, right? We need help to be like God. In fact, listen, you have to train yourself to think and act and live like God, and that's our purpose, our express purpose here. This word training is an interesting word in the Greek. It's where we get our name, our our, our, the word in the English, gymnasium. How many of you know gymnasiums are are places where you work out? They're places where you exercise, and I shared this morning one of the amazing facts about my mother, some of you might not know this, my mother's like the Energizer bunny, all right? She's, she's just all around, and she's in good shape, and she's got lots of energy, at least on most days. But one thing that you got to notice about my mom is my mom does not sweat. If what she's doing requires perspiration, she ain't into it, all right? And I kid you not, when mom and dad were in a car accident... Several years ago, on their way to church, uh, mom had to go through rehab. Dad did, too, but mom was in rehab. And now, this is a woman who's never perspired in her life intentionally, all right? She's in rehab. She does not own a pair of tennis shoes. She's rehabbing in high heels. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. And the people notice this, and they're like, "Um, you know, ma'am, you should probably be wearing some sneakers, Mama, don't do sneakers, all right? So she runs out and buys some sneakers. She was so uncoordinated in her rehab process that the rehab person nicely said to her, put your high heels back on. <laughs> You're more stable in the high heels, all right? But I got to tell you, that's not normal, all right, for good health. Now, she's, she's strong and healthy. She's moving but most of us, to be in good health, we have to work at it. Can I get any amens on that one? We have to work at it because haphazard approaches to health don't work. I'm picking on my man Charlie back here. Charlie, just wave at everybody. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Charlie is a personal trainer. I had a conversation with Charlie this week. You know, and if you see Charlie, Charlie's got some muscles. Now, you can't buy those at the health club. You can't go up and just buy a bicep, buy a trap. You, You have to work for those things, all right? And I was talking to him about spiritual things. I said, isn't it interesting that when it comes to the kingdom of God, I mean, it's funny too, sometimes people just feel better buying the membership. There's just something soothing about that. Like, I'm going to buy this membership, and then just the process of putting that money out, I'm going to be a specimen, all right? I'm going to be a specimen. Now, I asked Charlie this week, I said, hey, if people, you know, I sign up to be, you're going to be my personal trainer, and I let you know, you know what? I know you want me to work out three days a week, but I'm going to show up when it's convenient. I said, can you promise me a six-pack and rippling muscles? He shook his head. You know why? Because haphazard workouts don't produce results. I said to him, too, I said, I bet you're one of those guys that you really watch what you put on the inside. Like, you don't, eat, you don't eat junk, do you? Oh, no, no, no. I said, if I ate, you know, Twinkies and Snicker bars for energy, and, uh, and I, ca- I came in there, you know, with my gyros on my pita with my Greek sauce on there. Those have to be healthy, by the way, because those are so good. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and he's looking at me like shaking his head, because, no, he eats broiled chicken breasts. Like only, like five times a day to look like that. Are you kidding me? I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to eat Twinkies and muscles are just going to start popping out of them. You know, that's what I'm praying for. But when I was challenging him, because he gets it. See, he's a personal trainer. He knows that if you want results, you're going to have to follow, listen, this isn't a cuss word, a regimen. And you know what? Listen, check this out. You have to follow the plan whether you feel like it or not because on most days, you won't feel like it. Isn't it interesting? When we're working out and we really want to see results, we will pay somebody like that that knows more and that can teach us and that will push us. We will pay for that kind of misery because we're not looking at the misery. We're looking at the results. We say, I look at him and I say, okay, when you're done with me, I will look like you. Yes. He could promise me that. He's got better hair and a better beard, but I mean, I could have the rippling biceps and I could look like him if I followed the regimen. This is why isn't it interesting. Like if any of you have ever partnered for things, most people that train for marathons and stuff like that, Andy, you know this to be true, it's so much easier to train if you have somebody who is going to go through the same regimen with you. Because here's what happens when, when Dr. Brent's got to swim to train. He's at the health club swimming at 5.30 in the morning. Who in their right mind is jumping into ice-cold water that reeks with chlorine at 5.30 in the morning? What a demonic way to start your day. Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah, let's go jump in that icy-cold water when I just crawled out of a nice warm bed. And I'm going to come out smelling like I've been chlorinated, like I'm a giant chlorine ball. I mean, any of you swimmers know exactly what I'm talking about. And some people say, oh, I love to swim. It's so relaxing. Are you nuts? When I get in the water, I have one thought, don't drown. I'm I'm paddling. I mean, I'm not thinking pleasant thoughts. I'm thinking, where is solid ground? But people do this kind of stuff, and here's why they have a partner, because if your partner's standing there in their swim trunks at 5 30 in the morning and you don't show up, they're going to have some words for you, all right? I'm going to have some words for you. Where are you, dude? I'm here standing by the pool. Where, where are you? And you'll text them. You'll call them. You know what I'm talking about. But here's what's amazing to me. If I asked all of you, how many of you want to know the Lord? How many of you want to walk with God? How many of you want to become more like Christ? How many of you want to move in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? How many of you want to master God's Word? Oh, everybody in church, oh, 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 oh. Who wants to work for it? Did he say work? You're like my mom. I don't want to I don't want to sweat. I don't want to sweat. Hey. Make sure you guys come to church on Sunday to be among God's people and sit under God's word. I'm too busy, pastor. I'm too busy. Really? But you want biceps, but you're too busy. You want a trapezoids up there. You're, you you want to be you want to be you want to be physically fit, but you're too busy. You're living a fairy tale dream. They just tell you you'll never get anywhere with godliness if you're not willing to submit yourself to a workout regimen. Well, Pastor, what are we talking about? I'm talking about the spiritual disciplines that God's given us. I'm talking about the means by which we access the grace of God. Now, let me just pop a few bubbles here this morning. Some kick over some sacred cows. Do you know that when Paul's talking about train yourself in godliness, that's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. And I I find this very interesting in the American church. I don't find it in the Indian church, the Chinese church, but it's in America. Here's, Here's the mentality. There are two classes of Christians. There are those that go through the motions, show up, and in their heads believe in God and pray the prayer. And then there are those that are pursuing godliness, that are going somewhere, that that want Christ to be their Lord, that that want to grow in being like Jesus, that want their lives to matter. You all know what I'm talking about. Let me just tell you something. In the Bible, there are not two categories. There's only one. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus' own words. Be mad at him. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at him. This is what your Bible says. If I could find it. Here we go. Luke 9, 23. If any of you wants to be my follower, we have any of those that want to be Christ's follower in here, besides me, give up your own way. Take up your cross, your instrument of death. And Jesus said, follow me. There aren't any spaces for non-followers. There aren't any spaces for those that just want to live for themselves. In fact, those are signs of that fake faith we talked about earlier. Remember, hypocritical, lying, seared conscience, That's how people live that that haven't submitted to the cross in their life and aren't choosing to follow Christ. I'm telling you this, every one of us in this room, last words of Jesus, be a disciple, make disciples. Be a disciple, make disciples. Follow Jesus with everything in your heart. Let somebody train you. In fact, I'm giving out this morning two things. Number one, I'm giving out free spiritual health club memberships to God's gym. It's right here at Living Stones. We're changing the church name. It's called God's Gym. We're going to pump iron every, every, every week here, all right? I'm giving you all a free trial membership, all right? And then secondly, I'm going to multiply the Charlies in the house because Jesus offered to be our personal trainer. Jesus said this. I'm reading from Matthew's gospel here. You all know it, but this is what Jesus said. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you, and look what he says, let me teach you. Let me teach you. Aren't you grateful that the one teaching us is the one who perfectly models what it, what it is to know God, to walk with God, to love God, and to live a life pleasing to God? You know, I find it interesting in our culture, you can go off to college and you can study and get a business degree from someone who's never owned a business, run a business, or worked for a business. I mean, you know, that's kind of weird. Um... You can get degrees in all kinds of things from people who never spent a moment in that industry. You can get degrees from people teaching teaching that never taught in a classroom in their lives. Um, The point is this. Jesus has done every single thing he's asking us to do. He wants to be our teacher. So here's something else I want to encourage us. Sometimes when people think of spiritual disciplines, the word discipline and drudgery go hand in hand. Have you ever tried to turn over a new, you know, new lease on life, tried a new habit, isn't it painful when you're first starting? Have any of you ever gone to the club for like day one, and then you're all excited, and, you're, and he's like, hey, you know, maybe you do you know, Charlie tells me, hey, maybe that's, that's enough, just do, just do eight. Oh no, I'm gonna do as many as I can. The next day, you cannot even lift your arm up, it spasms when you try to eat, all right? And and here's the sad thing. The next day isn't the bad day. It's the next day. You can't even get out of bed. You don't know. And what are you thinking by Wednesday? I can't wait to go back to the health club and hit it again. No, you're not thinking that at all. You're like, that membership is gone. I... Who's Charlie, my trainer? I don't even know Charlie. I, I'm not. Who is he? He. I, I've completely forgotten his whole identity because that man is associated with pain. <laughs> so what do you do? You have to develop this. These things slowly. You develop them over time. And this is what I want you to see. If we will reach out and take a hold of the of the lifelines of grace, the means that God has ordained for us to encounter him see here's the other thing that cracks me up probably because we've all been there especially every every guy in here in his younger days all right we're at the health club we're lifting all of a sudden you go from being you know a teenager to you start getting some bumps on your arms your shoulders start sticking out you put your shirt on oh a little tighter and every time you walk by a mirror the same thing happens (laughs) and uh At at this season of my life, I'm kind of past that. I guess I maybe stumble every now and then, you know, when I see, hey, a tricep. Um, But here's what, the reason I work out now, check this out, for health, because I'd like to be around longer, because I'd like to be able to get out of bed easier. Y'all, you all with me? Sometimes with the spiritual gifts, I mean, spiritual disciplines, we get all enamored with, hey, man, I... I've read my Bible every single day this month. That's great, but don't get enamored with, I read my Bible every single like you're getting a badge. How many you know the reason you read your Bible is to encounter Jesus? The reason we pray is to encounter Jesus. These are not religious exercises. You know, religious people love to do all this stuff like a badge. In fact, they've even got their journal, and they're, check- they're checking it off. Relationships are not checkoffs. Are you with me? Yes, go read, read your Bible systematically through the year. I hope you all will do that. Get on a Bible reading plan every day. Read through the Bible. Set up a regular time to pray and encounter God. Every day will not be lightning from heaven and you, you, know, you get caught up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Every day is not like that. But here's what's happening. You're positioning yourself to encounter Jesus. It's about knowing Him. It's about loving Him. It's about enjoying Him. Notice this. So that we can make His name great in the earth. It's about enjoyment for the sake of displaying God. Isn't this good? So check this out. I have found that when people discipline themselves in spiritual things or in physical things, it leads to greater freedom, not less freedom. My sister was telling me when she was training for this triathlete thing, she's not a natural swimmer either. And the thing that was freaking her out was the fact that when when it's a race and you jump in the water, you're not swimming by yourself. There's lots of other crazy people all around you and they're all doing this. And if you don't keep up, you get pummeled. And you're trying to, you know, dog paddle and keep your head up, get oxygen, all the stuff that you need. But if you don't get at a certain level of proficiency, you're no longer thinking about winning the race, you're thinking about not dying in the race. Are you with me? When people practice though, there are people I've heard people say, "Oh, I swim for relaxation." Does not compute. I love getting in the pool. Become one with the water. I feel like a cat in the pool. Whee! You know, um, relaxation and swimming have never, those two words do not go together at all. Laying on the beach, yes. Swimming across a body of water indefinitely, no. But isn't this amazing? How do you learn to where swimming becomes fun and relaxing? By swimming, and by learning, and by growing, and being a student to where you literally become one with the water. And, and then you're not thinking about swimming, you're thinking about whatever you're thinking about while you're swimming. The point is, the discipline leads to freedom, not to drudgery. Have you ever found anybody doing anything that you admire? We were at the basketball game last night. We were with a big group of students down at the Bulls-Pacers game, all right? What a waste of time that was if you're a Bulls fan. It was terrible, they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn last night, but we were watching Victor Oladipo. Any Victor Oladipo guys? No Victor Oladipo in here? Okay. Bad illustration. All right. Anyway, <laughs> this guy dribbles through his legs and moves with a basketball like I can't even walk without trying to do anything else. How does that happen where you can dribble, dribble through your legs and just shoot the ball and it goes in and it's like effortless. It comes from discipline. Wouldn't you like to be that way in godliness? To where when when something happens to you, by default, what comes out of you is the Word. What comes out of you is a godly response. What comes out of you is a mind that's thinking like the Lord. Uh, When you're approaching life, the way that you think about life is a God-centered view of life. That you're not always like, oh, I blew it again. Oh, I blew it again. Well, why are you blowing it again? Because you're immature. That's okay. God just wants to mature us. But the whole church is on a maturity path. Everybody is required to be a part of this journey. If you're a believer, an authentic believer in Christ, we're all at different stages. But here's what's not different. We're all, we all got to show up at the gym. We all have to have a regimen. And our goal is this. Godliness is the goal of the spiritual disciplines, to be like God. You know, the Bible says this. Without holiness, or we could put in there, without godliness, nobody will see the Lord. I mean, you know, this gym membership is pretty serious. This isn't about looking good in your t-shirt or your swimming suit. This is serious. This is about being able to relate to God himself and have a relationship with him and enjoying him. And here's the vision I want you to get. If you will cooperate on this journey, it will produce an amazing amount of joy and fruitfulness in your life this year. And you will be able to stand in front of your spiritual mirror and go, Hey! I'm moving some things around here. This feels good. I, I can do some movements here. I got a little more energy. I, uh, my prayer life is growing. My time in God's word is fruitful and productive. My life is, is feeling good because you're moving in the direction with God. That's my vision for you all. you with me on this? Um, everybody's going to bring your, your uh, gym suit and show up next week with your tennis shoes, no high heels. We might sweat. All right, we might sweat. We're going to have to work at this struggle. But here's what I promise you is uh, we're all going to look more like Jesus. We're going to walk in amazing fruitfulness this year, and God's going to do some incredible things in and through us as we cooperate with Him. So stand to your feet. I want to go ahead and close this morning. Praise the Lord. I feel, I feel ripped already. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for... These lifelines that you've extended to us, they're like like workout machines, they're like spiritual dumbbells, that if we will exercise these things, we will grow in godliness. Lord, that's our desire, to be like you. So Father, we just here on this very first Sunday of 2018, we dedicate ourselves to you. We don't want to waste our lives. We don't want to be spiritually uh, sluggardly or out of shape or completely out of touch, Lord, we want to be healthy spiritually. We want to be effective. We want to be impactful. God, we want to be moving into our most fruitful season of our lives. And so, Lord, we just submit to you. We ask you to bless us as living stones. Bless us, Lord, as we pursue your heart and your vision. And Lord, use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, have an amazing week. If you need prayer, Come on down here. We've got some folks who want to stand in agreement with you, all right? We love you. Have an incredible week.